What's going on, fellas? I'm your host, Manpreet, a.k.a. MMA Lock of the Night, and your boy on Twitter at MMALOT. And this week, we're going over UFC Vegas 22, headlined by a pivotal middleweight scrap between Derek Brunson and Kevin Holland. I'm very excited for this fight. Uh, You know, Kevin Holland on the way up. This is probably the biggest fight of his career. Obviously, the first main event in his UFC stint, whereas Derek Brunson is hoping to turn back this uh, up-and-comer just like he did last time around against Edmund Shabazi and, and, uh, yeah, I, I'm just expecting absolute chaos in this fight, but I can't wait to see how it goes down and uh, who shall come out the victor. Before we get into it, always want to plug myself. Like I said at the top of the show, you guys can follow me at MMALOTN on Twitter, on Instagram as well, and then obviously my own YouTube channel, MMALOTN. All the links are in the description below, so make sure you guys support your boy as well too. Head on over there, hit the subscribe, hit the follow, hit the like, do what you guys got to do, but show your boy some support. You guys have been great since I've been on uh, my guy Salvetri's channel, so just shout out to you guys as well. Appreciate all the support from the fellas. Last thing I want to plug for myself also is the Patreon. Now, uh, that's where you can get access, early access to all of my breakdowns for the upcoming fights, uh, all official picks that I have, not to mention my best bets and props article that a lot of people are really digging. And I just added a new feature to it, which is the live betting aspect. So I get you guys prepared. If you are into the whole live betting thing, I get you guys prepared for every single matchup, what you should be looking for and how you should be approaching every single fight from a live betting aspect, if that's something that you're into. So a ton of value on the Patreon, five bucks a month, uh, huge way to support your boy and show you guys show myself uh that you guys are you know really enjoying it and it really helps you out it helps you out with your picks and your plays moving forward so once again mmalotn on all platforms as well as the patreon link is in the description below uh, all right, let's just kick things right off. Uh, I'm just going to get right into my lock of the night play. So my lock of the night play for um, this card the weekend uh, is going to be Mr. Gregor Gillespie, who is coming back after a extended layoff where he went in uh, after he got knocked out by Kevin Lee at UFC 244, I believe it was. Uh, I might be off on that. But uh, yeah, that was November of 2019 where he got knocked out uh, within the first round by by Kevin Lee. And that was his first ever MMA loss. And a lot of people are reading into the fact that he got knocked out. You know what I mean? He, he go, went out there and the first time he ever got knocked out and people are thinking he's never going to come back the same. But you got to give the benefit of the doubt to a guy who's never been knocked out in his career before. Like, I, I wish I could pull up historical facts uh, or statistics in terms of how guys who have gotten knocked out for the first time come back and how they fight uh, moving forward. But Gregor Gillespie is one of the most talented dudes in this lightweight division. Easily the most... Uh, Probably, no, you know what? He is the best wrestler in the 155-pound division outside of Khabib Nurmagomedov, who is presumably retired at this point in time. But Gregor goes out there and just gets takedown after takedown, control, uh, a bunch of control time. Like, um, let's just look at his last four wins, 145 points against Yancy Medeiros, uh, 127 points against Vince Pichel, 116 points against Jordan Rinaldi, and 121 points against Jason Gonzalez. The guy goes out there, gets takedowns, and gets finishes. Whether they're knockouts, whether they're ground and pound, whether it's a submission, he goes out there and gets the finish. That's what he's always seeking. His only decision victory inside the UFC was his first fight against Glyco Franco, who was a very tough opponent and very tough to put away himself. 
Now, Gregory Gillespie not only is a great wrestler, but he's a great jiu-jitsu player as well. That's the big thing that's missing for a lot of these wrestlers. The one thing, the one fighter that truly comes to mind is Sarah McMahon. You know, I believe she was a silver medalist in the Olympics in wrestling, but when she goes into the cage, she's just a wrestler. Like her jiu-jitsu game really isn't on point, which is why she's not able to have as much as much success as a guy like Gregory Gillespie, who just you know is able to you know transition so easily from from the top position and really get his jiu-jitsu going, really flowing with his opponent whenever they want to try to you know buck up or try to get off their uh their back or whatever it is Gregory Gillespie is always a step ahead of them so he's always able to drag them down and always able to go out there and just uh, crowd them and swarm them and really not allow them to breathe and I think that's truly uh why he's such a successful fighter because people just can't deal with his wrestling and not to mention his his wrestling just the way he impl- implements it like he, most fighters will go out there and they'll shoot one takedown and they'll hope that's enough to get the fighter down and if the opponent you know uh is successful in defending the takedown they break away and they just try to wait for the next moment Gregory Gillespie chains one takedown to another takedown to another takedown like he'll go from a single leg to a double leg or vice versa or even to a body lock whatever it is once he closes a distance and gets a hold of you he's gonna get you down more often than not now Brad Rodell on the other hand he looks great right like uh looks a solid Muay Thai fighter has great strikes I believe he's only recorded one or two knockdowns in the UFC now with uh, Jamie Malarkey and uh Magomed Mustafaev but he's never really put anybody out in the UFC uh, it's been almost five fights now since he's knocked anybody out. Anybody out, but even those opponents are just not high level like Gregor Gillespie. Uh, all three of his opponents inside the UFC were able to take him down, and they were able to get some sufficient control time. And now you're telling me you're going to put him up against the best wrestler in the division? I just find it hard to believe that he's going to be able to survive 15 minutes uh, against Gregor Gillespie. Um, the the issue with past opponents from Riddell and why Riddell has still come out on the winning end is because. Um, th- those guys just don't have as good of a gas tank as one Gregor Gillespie. Gillespie can go out there and and you know wrestle for twenty rounds if he needs to. The guy has cardio for days, and I don't think he's going to slow down here against Brad Riddell. Even if he struggles to get him down early, I think it will still uh, it will still open up for him and eventually get the takedown. Regardless, I'd be surprised if he doesn't complete a takedown within a minute of this ha- a minute and a half of this fight starting. So, um, uh, Jamie Malarkey, obviously not the greatest fighter. Magomed Mustafa, after getting dropped, still goes out there and still converts into a takedown and then rides out the rest of that round on on top of Brad Riddell. And then his cardio starts to flake off and uh, we see Riddell really start to run away with that fight. Alex DeSova has a very strong first round. Again, gets Brad Riddell down and just rides it out. And then his cardio takes a dip as well. Gregor Gillespie is not going to take a dip in that in that cardio. I think if anything, Riddell is going to be the one that just starts to slow down and just starts to succumbing starts succumbing to the pressure of one Mr. Gregor Gillespie. So yeah, Gillespie is my locker than I play. I think he gets this fight down with relative ease. I think his chin issues are uh, are being overblown here. It's only been the first time he's been knocked out. Uh, knocked out. Um, he has been rocked in past fights. I believe two fights in his in his past: uh, Greco Franca and um, Jason Gonzalez. But since then, like the guys look great. Like he, there's a reason, you know, they they were pumping him as much as they were before that Kevin Lee fight, and then he gets knocked out, takes sufficient time off, in my opinion, and I think he should be ready to go and and reclaim the top ten status that he he should have. So uh, yeah, I like Gillespie here at nine thousand. I think he's a great spot. I think he'll definitely be on the optimal line. And uh, yeah, I'm very much backing uh, Gregor Gillespie in this spot. He's even my lock than I play uh, on a straight up betting perspective. I bet him at minus two thirty. Shout out to anybody that got him around that minus 185 range uh but 
I think he should even be closer to like minus 300, minus 350. I think he's ultra skilled. I think he has championship material written all over him, but he's really got to get it going. He's like 33 or 34 years old. So he's definitely got to get his game going, start racking up some wins and start getting busy again. And, you know, this Brad Riddell fight is the first one in that in that chain of fights, I believe, will lead him to a title fight. So yeah, I got Gillespie as my lock of the night play. Before we move on to the dog of the night play, I do want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Prize Picks. Uh, Prize Picks is a solid fantasy uh, prop over under um, uh, betting site. Pretty much, it's like you know DFS, but you're talking about fantasy sports or sorry, fantasy uh, points and whether they're going to get over or under uh, a certain amount of points. Um, if you guys use promo code UFC100, uh, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to 100 bucks. Uh, again, on your initial deposit, UFC100, they'll match your, your bonus um, or, or your initial deposit. And uh, yeah, you, you can get cracking on these player props. Uh, I'm going to be looking to do some more work with prize picks uh, as the weeks go by. And I can't wait to help you guys win some money over there as well. But make sure you guys show support to prize picks. Links are all in the description below. And once again, the promo code is UFC100. All right, let's keep the train moving along. We got the dog of the night play coming up next. And I got my guy Derek Brunson in the main event. He's coming in at that 7,800 range, plus 150 on the money line. Uh, and then on the flip side, we got Kevin Holland, minus 170, coming in at 8,400. So I love me some Derek Brunson, right? Since moving over to Sanford MMA three fights ago, he's on a 3-0 streak, uh, getting a big finish in his last fight against Edmund Shabazian, who was in a similar position to Kevin Holland here, who is a young up-and-coming guy um, looking to make a name for himself off a of veteran, especially in the UFC and strike first days of, of Derek Brunson. Um, and he came up short, you know, uh, Derek Brunson went out there and exposed Ed Edmund Shabazian uh, and finished him very emphatically in that third round. Uh, since moving to Sanford MMA, we've seen Derek Brunson take a more measured and disciplined approach in his fights. You know, he's not going out there with his chin high up in the air and throwing all these bombs, uh, which caused him to get knocked out by guys like Jacare Souza, Israel Adesanya, and even Robert Whitaker, which was mo the most memorable one in my opinion. But Again, against young guys like Heinish and Shabazian, he showed great discipline, just waited to pick his spots, was, you know, striking very well, had his takedowns whenever he needed to get the takedowns, and he did a really good job with the striking defense. Like, he did get hit by, by some big shots by those guys, but was able to keep it chugging, and I think that helped solidified the false narrative of what Derek Brunson's chins or his durability is like you know everybody was calling him super chinny because he's getting knocked out by Jacare and Israel Adesanya several fights ago but now with the discipline and having Henry Hoof kind of guide his game plan and allow him to truly you know fulfill his potential you know at 37 years old Derek Brunson's really got to get it going and from his last two performances alone it looks like he's really starting to string things together and really wrap things up and and truly fulfill his potential and I think this is a perfect matchup for him against Kevin Holland who you know doesn't have the greatest takedown defense apparently he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu but I just don't see it to the best of his, its extent or what you would expect to see from a guy that's a black belt um Especially that Darren Stewart fight. Now, what Darren Stewart we're talking about? This was a fight that happened three fights ago for Kevin Holland, and Darren Stewart is uh, Darren Stewart is primarily a striker. He's not a grappler. He's not a jiu-jitsu player. Nothing like that. He wants to go out there and knock your head off. What does he do in that third round against Kevin Holland? Takes him down and pretty much rides on top of him for about two and a half to three minutes. And Kevin Holland couldn't do anything to get off of his back. So very unfortunate position for Kevin Holland to be there. And if you're giving me Derek Brunson in that spot, yeah, Brunson's going to put a whooping on him. So yeah, I do like Derek Brunson here as the underdog in the main event. And he's going to be my dog of the night play as I do think that he has high upside in terms 
terms of staying away from the big power of Kevin Holland, which I think is a little bit fabricated, especially after uh, Kevin Holland knocked out Jacare Souza last time around. Um, it's such a weird position that he knocked him out from, right? It, it, it was like a scramble, lands some big elbows at first off of his back, and then just follows up, gets back up, and just Mortal Kombat fatality uh, finishes Jacare Souza. But I think it's going to be harder to do that against a guy like Derek Brunson here. I think that Derek gets him down without much resistance, maybe not the first or second takedown attempt, but maybe the third, fourth, and fifth ones. And then I think he starts to grind this fight out. Uh, the, the real question mark is what Kevin Holland's cardio looks like in rounds four and five if it reaches there, right? Round three, he starts to slow down against Darren Stewart. Um, the Joaquin Buckley fight, he takes him out in the third round. Uh, Alexander, or Anthony Hernandez knocks him out in the first round. Like uh, even the Brendan Allen fight, he gets submitted in the first round. So it's it's tough to truly put a number on like, or, or at least a, a percentage on how well Kevin Holland will do later in fights because all we've seen from him in the third round as of late is that he starts to slow down. Derek Brunson, the third round against Edwin Shabazi and looked like he could go another two or three rounds if he wanted to. Even in the Ian Heinish fight, he looked like he was in great shape. So I think that will give the cardio edge to Brunson here. We'll give the wrestling advantage to Brunson here. Power advantage I'd have to probably give to Brunson too. The guy packs a punch. That's for sure. You know, Kevin Holland, I don't know if he has that type of power. Like he's able to snipe Joaquin Buckley the the way that he did. And then obviously the Jacare Souza one, I think that might start to overblow and over-exaggerate how much power he truly has. Um, But I think Brunson has some definite bombs in his hand. Uh, And yeah, I think it comes down to the wrestling. And I think we see Brunson successfully complete takedowns on a a round-after-round basis. And either we win him and get this win by decision or a late finish for Brunson. Uh, so either way, you're getting takedowns, you're getting control time, and you're getting the possibility of a finish from an underdog here who's priced at 7800 So yes, I like me some Derek Brunson in this fight, and I uh, he'll be on a good chunk of my lineups. Speaking of lineups, make sure you guys check out Salvetri's Patreon, where he has a beautiful MMA optimizer that helps you get ready for uh, fight nights. You know, helps you out whether you're doing 150 lineups, whether you're doing 20 lineups, whether you're doing 10 lineups. My guy has you covered, uh, not just the the optimizer, but he has a ton of different projections and tools to help you get ready uh, for the fights this weekend and help you cash in on your bet. So make sure you guys check out Salvetri's Patreon. It is in the link. Uh, the link is in the description below, so make sure you guys show my guy Salvetri some love there. All right, next up, we got the fade of the night, and this one was a tough one to call. So I've seen other channels go out there, and they'll make their fade of the night somebody that's in like the, the lower 8,000 range or something like that. For me, I want to tackle like 8,800 and above, and this one was a little bit tougher of a card to figure out in terms of who I would want to play, uh, or sorry, who I would want to make my fade of the night, right? We're talking about in the 8,800 and above mark, we have uh, Adrian Yanez. We're going to have Tai Tuivasa, who doesn't have a, a salary on him yet, uh, considering that his uh, fight with Harry Hunsucker just got put together very short notice, so we're still waiting on a, a salary for that. Uh, but I think even if he goes out there, he'll probably get the first-round finish. Uh, Yanez, I believe, also gets a first-round finish. Gregor Gillespie, lock of the night play, definitely not fading him. Uh, Julia Avilia, I think she's very live to go out there and get a finish as well. Uh, and then Montel Jackson, I expect him to go out there and get a finish. And I fully favor all those people to win. Cheyenne buys or Bays. I expect her to win. However, I think that given that we don't know too much about her, she's only five and one in her career. She's 25 years old. Uh, you know, Ruiz has 
uh, I believe four fights of experience on top of her three years uh, age advantage, if you want to call it that. Uh, and she's fought on Invicta a bunch of times. Cheyenne Baez is more of a contender series veteran, right? I think she, uh, she did fight once in Invicta and she lost. That was only her second ever MMA fight. So we'll cut her some slack there. She looks good, you know, minus 350. Uh, there's a reason she's minus 350 and why p- people continue to go out there and better. But how is she going to score on in a DFS world, right? She, she likes to land punches from distance. Uh, she has decent control time up against the cage, lands a couple of takedowns here and there. But I'm not sure how much we can truly bank on her at that 9,100 range. I think there's so many other better fighters that will, gar- not guaranteed, but are more likely to score better points than what we're going to get from Bayes. And again, there's so many question marks about her. I don't know how you can truly be 100% confident in Bayes and, and Ruiz. You know, she she could go out there and spring the upset too. You know, she's very crafty on the ground, just as we saw in her last fight against uh, Mirandin, where she pulls off a scarfold key lock with her legs. Like the girl is, you know, clearly talented, training out of Kings at MMA with Rafael Cordero. You'd got to think that they're doing some good things for her. So uh, I think the line is completely mispriced here. But, uh, you know, I, I'm not even sure even if Bayes wins this fight, how well is she truly going to score? I'm not sure if she'll be able to get the finish. Like she does have a size and reach advantage here, but she's not a notorious finisher. She's just, you know, she might get some control time or she just might win this fight off of uh, striking from distance. And how many points are you really going to get from somebody at 9,100, uh, you know, that, that fights with that type of style? So I do like me some, some uh, base here. I think she wins, but I don't think she'll be on the optimal lineup here, especially if you're talking about tournaments. Um, you know, she, I, I, I'm going to side with her to win. But I, again, I just don't think she scores the most amount of points uh, that will truly kind of deter anybody that's looking to score highly in the, in, in the tournament format. And there's so many other better spots, in my opinion, in this 9,000 range, higher 8,000 range. So yeah, uh, my favorite of the night will be Cheyenne Bays. Um Let's get to the sleeper of the night now. So this one may not be the most uh, popular, but neither was last week's Jin Yu Fry. You know what I mean? She still comes out there, spring the, springs the upset, uh, and I think she scored about 71 points, which is not too bad for somebody that you were getting at that price range. This week, we're going with another women's MMA fight, and we're going with my girl, Marion Renault. I truly believe that she'll be very low-owned here because a lot of people are going to look into the fact that she's 43 years old. Now, let's put that into perspective, though. She started fighting. Her first pro MMA fight was 10 years ago, putting her at 33. So, you know, she she has 16 fights at this point in time. I think that she's quite skilled. You know, she has some good technique with her with her striking. I think she's even more technically better in the striking realm than one Macy Kiasson. But Kiasson obviously has the youth on her side. She's 29 years old. She's big. She's powerful. She's strong. Uh, but she does a lot of things and wins a lot of fights just off of, you know, just off of sheer strength and sheer just bullying her opponent. And it's going to take a fighter that has, is technically better than her, um, to to beat her and i think that if renault is able to survive the first round or so that she might be able to take over later and she, she could possibly even get a third round finish and that's kind of the the approach that i'm taking here i think that renault is going to be much more live than the odd, odds are indicating and uh you know i think she's very live to get a finish too uh macy kiasson if you watch her last fight against shanna young 
Shannon Young coming in on short notice, and she is technically from a weight class below. You see Kiasan just absolutely bully her over th- uh, three rounds, and she only scores 108 points. Like, you'd expect that type of skill discrepancy to score even higher than that, to be honest. But uh, either way, in that fight, we just saw her grapple fuck her, push her up against the cage, take her down a couple times, uh, couldn't seek the finish, unfortunately. But in that third round, you really see her start to overextend a little bit too much right like she's just muscling it too much and i don't know if her cardio is able to hold up luckily for her she's just so much bigger and, and better than shanna young that she was able to get the victory no matter what whereas maureen renault like four out of her nine victories have come in rounds two and round three she's very active and and, and much better in third rounds like yana kunitskaya two fights ago you know she lost the first two rounds but that third round she truly put it on her busted her up and was coming for the entire time if if Kiasan is not able to get Renault out of there in those first two rounds, that third round could get very, very sketchy for Kiasan backers. So I, I do like me some Renault here. She's a black belt in jiu-jitsu as well. I think that could definitely come in come in handy when she um it, you know later in this fight, I think she'll be able to get Kiasan down. You know, that doesn't seem to be the hardest thing given girls like Pani Kianzad and Sarah Morass were able to do it with without much uh, resistance. And I think that Renault is even I'd say she's almost on the same level of Kianzad, but a better jiu-jitsu player. And I definitely think she's better than Sarah Morass. So, uh, yeah, this might be the second toughest fight. Actually, you know what? Lena Landsberg in there too, who did end up giving Macy Kiasson her first loss. Marion Renault is either the second or third hardest fight that Kiasson has fought in this point in time. And she's still very green. So I, I think there's just going to be a ton of bias on on Renault because of the fact that she's 43 years old. But do not look too far into that. She still goes out there. She still fights. She might be on a three-fight losing streak, but she still fights for your money. And she's a very, very tough opponent to put away. She like she hasn't even been finished in the last little while. I don't think she's ever been finished, period. Let me just confirm that statistic. But uh, she's never, um, she has six losses. Um, I do believe none of them came via finish. I just want to confirm that. Um, yeah, she's never been finished. She's gone up against Julia Avila, never been, didn't get finished. Holly Holm didn't get finished. Ashley Evan Smith didn't get finished. Kat Zingano, Yana Kurinska, Raquel Pennington, none of those women were able to finish him. I'd say Macy Kiasson is on, is on the higher side in terms of uh, those women and, and finishing capabilities. But again, if she's not able to get her out of there, things are going to get really, really tricky in that third round. So yeah, my sleeper of the night play is Marion Renault, and I think she's very live to get her third round finish too. So just keep your eye out for that. All right, let's start wrapping this thing up. Stackable main event or not? I think it's stackable. I think there is a chance that we see you go five rounds. You know, Kevin Holland should have some decent success, but I think that ultimately will be a one-way street after round three for Derek Brunson. But we could get some good uh, points off of uh, uh, Kevin Holland early in this fight and then obviously in the next three rounds if he's able to survive. Uh, one more quick reminder: Make sure you guys check out Salvetri's channel on his Patreon. Or sorry, his his Patreon. Not his, well, obviously his channel. If you're on his channel, you're watching this right now. But uh, make sure you guys check out his Patreon, where he has projections and tours, and obviously the MMA optimizer that's going to help you, uh, you know, increase your chance of landing in the money this weekend. And uh, yeah, always big big shout out to my guy Salvetri and his Patreon. All right. My favorite plays in each range. We got the 6,000s. We got Strader, 6,800. The only guy in the 6,000. I'm expecting Harry Hunsucker to fall in that 6,000 range as well. And I would favor Hunsucker more than I would Strader. Just throwing that out there. 
Uh, 7,000, I like Derek Brunson. 7,800, I think he's the best spot at the 7,800. And obviously, that's why he's my dog of the night play. In the 8,000s, I like me some Adrian Yanez. He's 8,800. I think he's going to go out there and outstrike Gustavo Lopez pretty handily. And I think he has a very high upside of finishing him too. I think he could go out there, land the straighter, crisper strikes while Gustavo Lopez is kind of crashing in with his wild looping style of punching. And that's where he's going to fall into trouble as the Matador. And Adrian Yanez is going to be able to clip him with something uh, and possibly put his lights up. Maybe even a club and sub situation. Uh, but I expect it to be finished within the first or second round uh, via KO for my guy Adrian Yanez and then 9,000 range obviously my lock of the night play we got Gregor Gillespie at 9,000 I think he scores very very high here gets a couple of takedowns and eventually pulls off a submission whether it's in the first or second round but I love me some Gregor I think he's the most reliable fighter on this card uh, you know, if he gets knocked out, I can't say I would be 100% surprised. Uh, we have to kind of prepare ourselves for that and think that, you know, it, it, it is a very slight possibility. But I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's only ever been knocked out once in his life. And uh, I think we see a very highly motivated uh, Gregor Gillespie come out there, get the takedowns, and work for that submission victory, whether it's in the first or second round. So I'll go with Gregor as my favorite play in the $9,000 range. All right, once again, shout out to Prize Picks for sponsoring the show. Again, they are a fantasy sports over under player prop uh, website. Make sure you guys check them out. Uh, use the promo code UFC100. They'll match your initial deposit up to 100%, uh, or sorry, 200% for up to $100. So make sure you guys check them out. And again, we'll possibly doing, be doing some more Prize Pick stuff for you guys in the next coming weeks. So make sure you guys check that out. Once again, prizepicks.com promo code ufc100 all the links are in the description below so you guys can just check that out as well rather than just listen to me blurb on about it so once again shout out prize picks and lastly plugging myself once again you guys can follow me at mmalotn on twitter on the instagrams and obviously my own youtube channel uh again mmalotn everywhere and then my patreon uh link is in the description below five bucks a month a ton of great uh quality uh perks and uh, a ton of bang for your buck if i must say myself all right that's a wrap on the show. Appreciate you guys checking it out. Hopefully, it helps you guys win some uh, some lineups, some cash this weekend. If you guys are interested on the betting side of things, again, you guys check out the Patreon. That's where you guys will get more betting information and obviously my own podcast to get a full breakdown on the entire card. Uh, that's where you're going to find it. I only went over my dog of the night, lock of the night, sleeper of the night, and uh, fade of the night on this episode. But if you guys want to know my complete thoughts on the entire card, go check out my podcast. Link is in the description below for my channel, and that's where you'll find it. All right. Good luck on your lineups this weekend, fellas. Let's make some money, and I'll see you guys next week for the big UFC 260 card, which is headlined by a heavyweight title fight as well as a featherweight title fight. I can't wait for that one. Can't wait to break it down for you guys. Uh, but yeah, good luck on your fights uh, on the fights this weekend, and I'll see you guys next week.